let's get ready to throw down. Just run God with it. Damn it. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Pause. <laughs> no, I think that works. Just... <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, today we are talking about the next year, right? We're kind of wrapping up 2019, about to enter in 2020. And if you are planning your year in January, you're already behind the behind the curve. Hold on. <laughs> Sounds like we're the department stores. We already got Christmas out there and it hadn't hey. even hit, Halloween hasn't hit yet. But I but I like the way you're thinking. You know, you gotta be ahead of the game, right? Pulling back the curtain a little bit. We do record these a little bit out of out of out of order. So you know but no, you're gonna hear this in a couple of weeks, but But I know. it's a good topic. Yeah. I mean if you're not getting ready for next year now, you're late. Man, it's crazy. I thought we agreed on this topic before we turned the mics on. <laughs> I mean, we did. We did. Go, man. Go. You're, awesome. you're good. So planning, right? Forecasting, setting goals, all of this stuff. And if you're waiting until January, like I said, you're already kind of behind. And since most people have got some cyclical nature to their business, meaning that they're slower, the net and Al, not so much because you guys go crazy from pretty much like Halloween on. Right, right. Uh, but Clint, with his new role, I'm really curious to see, you know, how he's going to be doing some goal setting. I've got some goals for myself and everything else like that. So let's talk a little bit about Nanette and Al first, because when you guys, I mean, November, December is crazy. I mean, when I worked with you, it was, you party all night because there's all these Christmas parties, all these holiday parties, and then you show up super early the next day. I mean, it's, yeah. er, it's early normally anyway, because these doctors like to cut early because they want to get a bunch of stuff in. True. So no, normally it's like a 5, 5 a.m. show up time. But around the holidays, it's like 3 you know, so when do you guys plan? How much time do you spend doing that? All that stuff. Well, um, in healthcare, because of deductibles and out of pockets being met, meaning, you know, the, the money that most people are going to spend, a lot of big ticket items usually come at the end of the year because people don't want to just spend that money again to prep for the next year. Anyway, bringing everybody up to speed. So we burn the candle at both ends and it's, assholes and elbows i mean there's not much planning because we're on other people's schedule i don't know point. what that means you don't need to explain but <laughs> <laughs> for me that just means you know you just it's fun you don't care you're when you're in it you're just loving it so it's I'm, no i and if i gave the wrong impression it it, it is it's our money time mm-hmm. it is where we're we are gonna make probably the same amount of money as we have made for the, the prior so year. 50, for, so 50% of your year is in the last two months? Oh, absolutely it is. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so maybe not 50, but it's it's 40% of our year. I love how you talk about big ticket purchases like it's some kind of Black Friday sale. I can get... <laughs> in I can healthcare, get, it is. I can get the 65-inch TV <laughs> or, or I can get this disc pulled out. Well, <laughs> well the patient has met their deductible, so exactly. that, you know, it's not... Like. So the cash cow is ripe. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sorry to put it that way, guys, but in a business sense, people stall. I mean, you know, you deal with pain, you deal with discomfort. And and I hopefully other industries experience a little bit of this where it's on your budget, you you've you've got the expenditures or money's left over. So I, I'd say look at the end of the year is who's closing out that wants to spend some money. That, that still has a little bit of a budget left. 
So, I mean, and I think I, I see a few head nods here. Yeah. So I, I say, you, you know, you know, wrap that into what you're currently doing and know where you are in the, that cycle, like you said, mm-hmm. whatever that may be for you. Well, yeah. you're in the last quarter and you, you maybe the first quarter you're thinking, you know, I'm going to save, I'm going to be careful with my money. But by the end of the, you either know you have no money left or you have an abundance. You're like, all right, I'm cool. Let's, let's do something I need to do. So. Yeah, because a lot of businesses also, being a business owner, you speak from a tax implication, right? Whatever's sure. sitting on your balance sheet, okay. unless you have accrued costs and some other, you know, whiz-bang accounting kind of methods, you know, particularly at the medium business range or guys that are, you know, I mean, I would say even up to about $20 million, they're going to be sitting with some cash on their balance sheet sometimes. Yeah. And they want to use that effectively so that they get the tax, you know, they get to and you use it against what they've made this year, yeah. knowing that January, January 1st, you hit a new cycle. So you're, you're, you're stalling, or you're spending, but then you recoup it almost immediately in January, mm-hmm. just getting it off your books one month versus the other. So anyway, keep that in mind, guys, when you're out there selling. So does that mean that you guys wait until January to kind of sit down and figure out like, okay, here's the goal for this year? I mean, how granular do you get with – the Ned who's on your team and the other people on your team about, and to be very, very honest, you've got a lot of different irons in the fire and stuff. So how granular do you get around your but goal setting? Exactly, um, yeah. I, what happens is everybody's worn out at the end of the year. I mean, everybody, <laughs> I mean, yeah. from the frontline guys that are portal of entry right on up to, you know, the spine and neurosurgeons that we deal with. So knowing that, we usually take a little bit of a breather, but we have Medicare isn't on the same cycle as most private insurances. So we we stage and and we have this fold over that goes into January for people that aren't meeting high deductibles, which are usually your federal programs. So at the end, it gets so tight with hospital space and and being able to see patients that we push that out. So then we have another month of you know it's pretty steady through February. It's really looking at the middle of February going into March where we begin to shake the weeds or figure out, due to our downtime, where we, who we need to be in front of, who we, who we saw being very busy and very active, and they're sort of the king of the hill at, at the, you know, the February mark. Right, so you're kind of like sleuthing during. Oh, absolutely. Okay, who, who who's rocking and rolling? Who who's crushing it? Who's you know who's wiping out their reps? You know because they're so busy. Who are you seeing? And we work with some busy guys. That's you know you're just there all the time. Oh yeah. So, yeah, but seventy five percent of the people that are listening to this probably aren't in the medical field. Yeah, so you're wondering, you're right. you know, why why the dissertation? Why are we going on and on? Well, it's just an example of. You need to know your goal. You need to know your, you know, make a plan. Now with Clint, what, probably the end of the year, do you want to kind of talk about? Yeah, do you guys slow down? Are you guys super busy? It's the exact opposite of everything you guys just said. <laughs> well, exactly. That, that's my to business my point. is the same Every, way. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm in the just wrong different. damn business, that's well, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you talk about, you know, a lot of the, your money uh, in the industry is in these last few months, you know, people have some money to spend their deductibles are, are gone. So they're able to Cafeteria spend it. Cafeteria right? plans, the whole nine yards. Yeah. yeah. So for us in construction, it's, uh, it's the opposite. Most people are out of budget in October and they don't know how the hell they're going to get through November, December. Gotcha. Just maintain in their own facilities, let alone put new money into projects. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And also the holiday stuff too. So a lot of my, you know, we've talked about this a lot. My, uh, my lead times on my projects are six, seven months, sometimes a year. Yeah. So what happens, and I'm already seeing it right now is, well, let's just go ahead and get that budget put together for January. You know, when we all get back from the holidays and we all settle back in. So people already have the mindset in early October that we're not going to push more into this project until we, but we need the budget today so we can go ask for money in January, but we're not going to do it this year. Well, that's really hard, right? So I put, I'm putting effort into stuff that it's great. It's going to happen in the backlog side. Backlog. That's right. Okay. However, I got to burn revenue to keep payroll going this year. And, and I got guys, you know, in construction, that's the hard, this is the hard part about uh, balancing sales versus construction, the actual build outs, right? Is that I've got a whole bunch of guys in the field building all the stuff that you're selling. And if you don't keep them fed and keep them busy, they go somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to figure out how to balance that scale of keeping those guys busy, even in the slow, the slowest of the slow. So, you know, truly I like to think of my year as a, nine and a half to 10 month year. Okay. And I kind of plan that way. And everything that falls in November, December is fantastic. It's a bonus, right? Yeah. And I just can't, it's only, it's really hard to forecast November, December, January, because once again, January's back into that. All right. We're all back in from the holidays. We're all back in on vacation. Let's sit down. And now you're not closing a job till maybe February, March, right? Yeah. Cause you're talking about it in January. So that's that's a that's a tough thing for me. And right now we're we're going through all of this uh, financial data. What what kind of markets are we looking to you know branch out into, or do we want to keep chasing the same stuff? Or you know the opportunities that we had in twenty nineteen and eighteen are they still there in twenty twenty? Are we going to have to make that up? Mm-hmm. But bring our listeners up to speed for those that are just joining us. Clint just assumed a new position out of, out of town, which we commend him for making the effort to get here to do these things. So bring us. So is that different than what you were doing in the past? Um, It's just a different responsibility, right? So before it was a dedicated sales role for business development in in a similar industry. Um, Now it's the um, vice president job of pre-construction. So you got... Say that again. Vice president. (laughs) (laughs) Title dropping. Man, your (laughs) penis is like dropped down. (laughs) Well, the difference is now, the difference is now is that you know, not only do you have to make sure that that sales is rocking and rolling and, mm-hmm. and you're maintaining that, but you're also, um, you're keeping the field happy and, and going on the construction side. So it's a, it's a, it's a very different role, but, um, so far so good. So yeah. you got to load everything up in that, in that first 10 months and then just kind of coast on, on the backlog. Yeah, that's, that's the, so as a matter of fact, we were just going through this, um, uh, this morning and, uh, right now we're, we're not trying to bring anything new in. Like I said, if it does, it's a bonus, but we're burning backlog to get us through the revenue side yeah. and payroll side of the rest of the year. And if anything comes in and burns, and by burn, I mean you've thought it, you've sold it, you are actually doing it, and you're getting paid on that. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by burn, right? So if you're burning it right in the next few months, it's a it's a bonus. Okay. Interesting. Nice. My my uh my year's a lot like Clint's, right? I mean, first, no one gets out of bed and is thinking, you know what? I need to hire someone to come in and overhaul our CRM. Like, is they're putting the Christmas ornaments. Exactly. Up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, honey, hand me some tinsel. Yeah, mm. exactly. So, 
no one is planning to work with me at all, right? And so then when I'm trying to, you know, network and call and have conversations at the last part of the year, oh, yeah, yeah, that can wait. That can wait. That can wait. It's like, well, oh. okay. I've already started hearing that. You I have? I really want to wait till after. Well, not in surgery and other medical stuff we do. You know, yeah, frontline you know, stuff. Man, oh, we yeah. just really, yeah. we're so you know, slammed implementing right now. Programs where, Why don't we yeah. wait until the first of the year? I'm like, yeah, you know. Kind of so yeah, they do tend to shoot. You know, we we do get some some of our projects shelved. It's just crazy how that's such a marker for everything. But I mean, it is. So, well, I yeah. mean, you work your ass off, and then it's holiday season, and then parties and Thanksgiving. I yeah, mean, it's birth of Christ, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that too. Slow yeah. the roll. Um, so the hard part about that though is, I think that most people kind of figure out a goal. They say, okay, cool. I'm going to do for the sake of just really easy math. You know, I'm going to do, you know, a hundred k this year in sales, right? And so that's 10K in January, 10K in February, 10K in March. And they don't really do any kind of appreciation around for like good months versus bad months. And because because they're not really tracking anything and that's going to be a whole other episode eventually. But, you know, they're just kind of, oh, this is where I should be for this month. But if you're, you know, collecting that data and looking at it, then you can really get pretty granular because one time Clint and I were talking about it and uh, he was showing me, okay, cool, we're going to do like three or four here, but only two here, right? Because what, what was this we, on? you and I were talking about how you were kind of setting your goals and planning and you were getting really granular, which was super impressive because that's not normal for a D around getting into the details around here's what we can expect in March oh, versus yeah. April and February, right? The two months on the other side were slower. Correct. Yeah. And, and I kind of do a, you know, uh, in, in the construction world, you would, well, we have like a man, it's called a manpower curve, right? And you guys could, if you had, if you had a big staff, right, you would have to, you want to try to keep that as a smooth of a curve. If you can picture a graph as possible, you don't want big peaks and valleys, right? Same in our sales, right? We want a nice steady curve so we can Absolutely. forecast, mm-hmm. forecast, project. Um, and, and with, with those jobs and the, that all comes from past data. And I think we're, I think where it's really neat for me to go back into what you're talking about where it's not natural as a D to do that is. It's also not natural for a D to say neat. I've never heard you say neat. <laughs> <laughs> like neat? That never comes He's out. He's been in the car for like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> I used up all my cuss words at the, in Houston. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I've, I'm figuring out that I don't necessarily have to go. I, I was scared of data because I was scared that I have to go do the data. I have to go make all the mm-hmm. data. What I found out is that if you start asking people, uh, like especially your accountant side, your managers, your project managers, your, you know, individual leaders in their in their groups, they have all that data because they have to have it in order yeah. to do their job, right? So it's not for me, it's not necessarily creating it all. It's gathering it all and it's then reading. organizing it yeah. into into what I need. Yep. And, and that that to me is super it is it is uh it's the best way I know how to forecast those those downsides of the sales cycle. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, there's so much tech out there now that tracking is not nearly the labor intensive thing that it was once upon a time. Sure. Right. I mean, with if even, said, even if it's an Excel, exactly. It's right. Great. But Fine. I mean, I mean, I mean, invoicing software is pretty Absolutely. great. CRMs are pretty great. You know, I mean, so you can track all this stuff fairly easily, but what happens is that a lot of salespeople don't want to be tracked. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. No, but nobody then, does. All right. But 
stop no. for one second. Well, if you're, I'm sorry. If you're, <laughs> no, meaning, <laughs> oh no, I, I have a point here. Okay, yeah, you you do, you don't want to you want to get your bank statement from January to December, lay it out on a table, just your personal bank statement, mm-hmm. what you made, fuck what you spent, and look at your income. And that's then a, you decide. That's a motivator for sure. Yeah, you decide. If you see a that's slump, well, I understand the money thing, but if you see a slump, if you're looking at performance, yeah. then look at your commission check. No, and if no, you're not I, on commission. That's a problem in and of itself, right? Oh, I disagree. Wait, what? Well, I'm not against, there are certain levels yeah. where, but if you're not getting a slice of the pie, if there's not a bonus attached, I'm not talking about a base. If you're not highly motivated by the grease you get off the top of being successful, then, you know, you may be wasting your talent where you're at. Can you remember so, that you said bonus? Maybe <laughs> uh, <laughs> every day so, is a bonus at my office. So hold on a second, though. So let's back up and talk a little bit more about that because this was not the intended topic, but I think that this is really interesting because I don't get motivated by money at all, right? So if you were to sat me down or to sit me down and we look through all my bank statements and how much money I made and stuff like that, that's not going to make me go out and work harder. Right. Okay. So, but it'll, it, but it may show you the cycle that you're on, either sure. personally no, or professionally. Meaning, I fucked off during the summer months because it was nice <laughs> and warm and nobody was watching my back. And so I walked in, I, I drank a bunch of wine, I sat on a bunch of patios, mm-hmm. went cool places, but I didn't make much money. I'm just saying, for me, I look at that mm-hmm. and I, that's a real barometer for. How, how hard I've been working to what you're saying. I, I can totally relate. And maybe that's the CS, but I remember my boss, um, earlier in my life, she points her thumb at me. But no, uh, not, no, it wasn't, it wasn't no. Al. It wasn't one of my other bosses. Um, he used to call me and go, you are not going to believe what you're making this month. And I, go, and I didn't want to know the dollar amount. I wanted to know. Wait, wait, and I never do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a no, but go ahead. You just get your check. You should be working that hard. But what I'm saying is I wanted to know not that I did well because of the amount that I was going to mm-hmm. put in my checking account. I wanted to know who did, who, you know, who who fulfilled their commitment to me. Yeah. You know, that was like really big to me. You know, I was successful where? That's what I wanted to know. Well, I, I think one thing that's super important to think about is that normally the money motivated people rise to the top. Right, because they are so money motivated. They're they're motivated by winning. You know, Clint as he talks about winning on a on a fairly regular basis. But hold on, hold on. There so then you get into the dangerous realm of just assuming that everybody's motivated by money. Right. So you can be a sales manager and be like, Hey, you don't want to make more money? And if that person's not motivated by money, you're you're speaking on deaf ears. Now, a minute ago, Clint had kind of something to say around kind of being it's that it sounded like you're being anti commission. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about that. I want to hear about that. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how. And maybe my, that's just personally. Hopefully, my sales yeah. team doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, careful, careful. No, uh, I, I will tell you that as a salesperson, what I see and I saw in myself is that when I'm starving and things aren't going the right way for me in the sales cycle, or I'm new, right? I come into a new company, I start with a new customer base, new market, or whatever. I, I'm starving, and for some personalities. I would think that, you know, sitting here on this panel, it's a huge motivator for Doc to, like, you're putting all the faith in me to go earn, earn, earn. I'll do that. But he's cut from that cloth, right? And mm-hmm. we can go back to him being a parking ballet. <laughs> right? Oh, go fuck yourself. 
I was sorry. in charge of parking that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Small nuance, go. but sorry. nonetheless. Sorry. I was like, and I was like, have, you, you, ever, yeah. have uh, you ever said parking valet? You <laughs> yeah. What do you, what do you call it? What is going on? The bellman. Yeah, Bell that's what it was. I was searching for that. I just go. remember the story about <laughs> you flipping <laughs> a coin or the flipping the coin. But anyway, the point of it is, is that you know that's to Doc. That's a motivator to go earn some extra scratch. You know, mm-hmm. like he can he can wheel and deal and. He can he can earn his keep that day. Yeah. For a lot of people, it's a stressor, and it's a huge stress, right? And then what I do, <laughs> grow what, a pair, man. Well, maybe, but in, I will tell you this: in in the construction side, the hungry, starving salesperson brings in shit jobs. Mm. And then oh, what that happens, happens across the board? Sure, I would. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would yeah, think you so. Can't be desperate. So no. now we're already in a slump, and now you bring me bad work. Now you're bringing me bad work, <laughs> and then my performance in the field. Now we got a bad reputation in the field. Mm-hmm. It all it, it compounds really quickly. Yeah. Well, they that. just need a lean to like some <laughs> yeah. two by fours. Yeah. I think we could go to Lowe's and we could get this figured out. Yeah, well, well, they spend less time qualifying. They spend less time doing all the things that they need to do to make their slump go away mm-hmm. because they need to they need to survive. Absolutely. And so I see that in construction. I I, I saw that in myself in the very beginning, and and what what triggered the. You know, the other side of it for me was really digging into the qualification steps and saying, okay, I'm working really hard at trying to chase 50 jobs right now. What if I focused on three or four that are really qualified and I know they're going to win and I put all my effort into those three or four? That's how I got myself out of that slump. Mm -hmm. But I'm very task driven. Yeah. So that works for me. It wasn't about money. It was about I got to get some wins in the win column because all I see is red and I'm failing and I don't do well with failure. Yeah. And for some people, winning is money. It kind of goes hand in hand, really. If you're winning say, jobs and every- you're winning sales, you're getting paid. Okay. So yeah. what I'm saying is like, are, do you look at money as the win or do you look at win to get the money? Oh, sure. Potato, potato. I think that you're still looking at the success to to motivate you. Well, I think... Uh... I think there's something to be said about like how you frame your frame your success, right? Which is kind of what you're saying, like whether whether you sell a deal and you make the money and that's okay, or you're just looking at the money and then that that is your own version of success and that's okay. But yeah. going back to the thing you're talking about a moment ago, um, you know, there is that point to where that 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 hunger is unhealthy, right? And then when you combine that with the fact that most people don't walk into a job on the first day knowing what a really good fit looks like. So they just start trying to bring in anybody who can fog a mirror and has a wallet and that becomes its own set of problems and everything else. So, um, yeah. I, I like the, um, I'm a big fan of handing it back on the performance side at the end of the year, sharing that wealth. Okay. So if you're bringing me good qualified jobs and the reason that we're doing so well actually doing the projects and the construction mm-hmm. to be specific is because you brought in some really badass jobs, right? You brought in, they got good margins on them. They're, you know, you had a good customer to deal with. You vetted all that stuff out so that it was a successful matchup for our company. You brought that in. I'll pay you all year long a good salary to not make you starve to do that. And then if we all are successful at the end of the year, there should be a big fat chunk of money in there to divvy out. That's my goal versus trying to make it win every month for everybody. So I have a question. So do your people know what percentage of that big fat chunk of money they yeah, get? It's built into what, you know, their, their known contract. Yeah, so I mean, you got to set expectations around that kind of stuff. Well, I think, right? So, so here, yeah, you do. So for example, 
if I sell a $2 million job at a certain margin, most commission-based in the construction world are on a scale, right? You sell it at 20% margin, you get this commission. You sell it at 18%, you get this, a little bit less, right? It goes down a scale. And then there gets to a point where we're covering cost and you don't get paid anything for bringing that job in. What I don't like about the the big commission push in, in this world is that, well, I'm starving, so I'm going to drop all the margin out of it because i got to sell it, mm-hmm. right? So you drop all the profitability out of it for the company gaining revenue and paying payroll. But that's a good way of doing that, though, right? Like you get your commission based upon the margin you sell it at. So not – not but, like a not like a widget based commission sale. But, like you make fifty dollars per deal or anything. Yeah, but else. check this out. You're taking the the win out of the company and you're putting the win in the person, just his own personal bank account. So instead of him making a really good, let's say six thousand dollar bonus on that job because he really vetted, he put his time in, he wasn't stressed about money. Now he's at selling it at the lowest level, and he's making six hundred bucks because the dude needs six hundred bucks no, that yeah, month, exactly, yeah. right? But that doesn't do anything for the big picture of the company to grow, to forecast, to do all this stuff. I mean, everything we're talking about is really based on what those salespeople are bringing into you, right? You can't do any of the other stuff without that. Well, yeah. You know, and I think we talked about this on another episode, but I mean, that stigma of the sales guy sells anything to close the deal and then it's left to the back office to like figure it the hell out later on. And then everyone hates the sales guys because they're bringing in bad deals. Yeah. How do you... uh if you're not making the same amount of money at 15% margin versus 20% margin, doesn't that keep that from happening at on some level? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the money's got to be there in the job to pay your, I mean, because it all scales out, right? Sure, so, absolutely. I mean, if you're not selling a job at the big percentages, then I can't give you a big lump sum of money of because course, it's yeah. just not there, right? You cut it all out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to let you sell a huge job and then pay you like it's the lowest job either. So that's why I like that scale, right? That's no, I, I love that. But, right? but you know, I have a feeling that everybody out there listening is going to be taking this episode into their boss and be like, you need to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. <laughs> but, uh, that doesn't doesn't work. That. Do it. Yeah. You so, might not get what you want, but do it. So in your opinion, yeah. if I'm hearing you correctly, you get a larger base – to yeah. kind of to kind of cover your bills and everything else like this, and then at the end of the year, you get kind of a profit sharing yeah. bonus if you're successful and the company's winning. I I like that model. Yes. So let's talk about that a little bit because a lot of people believe that if you okay. don't pay people commission, then they're not going to work as salespeople. And yeah. I've seen that's right, a really stupid thing. In I my agree, book. it is stupid. Well. Okay, and we're Nan, all sales, okay, but, Nan, which is on. funny because yeah. let's just put well, you I'll on a you. let's just put you on salary. That I will agree to. It's got to be. <laughs> so well, it's got to be healthy, right? Yeah. Right. In order and for the theory to work, it's got to be healthy so that the guy's not starving. Yeah, it's got to get him out of that. But he's not going to have a big win. So you know, what's the average age of a salesperson out there? You know, probably in the mid thirties to forties. I don't. In B two B. Yeah. Sixty. You think it's higher than that? Uh, I don't. <laughs> Wait, what? What was your low end? Like 35, 40. I would say it's probably even a little bit lower than that. Okay. So so now you're talking about a bunch of young starting out families that are probably neither one of them have great big paying jobs and you're popping out kids and you want to buy the new house. Well, I hate to say the cliche of you get what you pay for. You know, I mean, it really is. Absolutely. Well, see, that's the thing though, is like if you, 
Uh, fire that sales guy. Let's go find another one. Fire exactly. that sales guy. Let's yeah. go yeah. find. If that's your mentality, because that's but that's not, also usually the same people that are wanting to pay hundred percent commissions to people. Oh, of course they are. It's the same people. Oh well, no, but that's. I'm not saying those are some churn and burn industries, I get right? It, but they're in my industry. But all day I, long. I, I can, know they're in I, your guys. Okay, oh, yeah. but I can tell you, there are guys in healthcare, right? Sales, you know, medical sales, that they get lazy at two fifty, right? Sure. I mean, because they're they're out there crushing it, and it's all straight commission. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain it. liberation into your schedule sure. when you can work for a very large company and tell them to go f themselves. Yeah. Replace me if you think you can. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and love that. And that's that superstar. Welcome to the pinnacle. I mean, Mount Everest of of f and sales. I love whenever Al's more of a D than an I. Yeah. <laughs> Today's one of those days. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I love it. Funky liquor right? that our producer over there like <laughs> fed me earlier. Yeah, we did try yeah. a little bit of man. Uh, that stuff's like got that me all warm we, inside. We, we didn't. Y'all did. Yeah, yeah. Clint yeah. abstained like a smart adult. I did oh, too. oh, I you didn't have any either. I did not. So it was just mm. me and Paul. I and Paul, oh, man, had, that was uh, good stuff. What was it called? Good old absinthe. Absinthe. Good old absinthe. Thank you, Tim P. Team P. I adulted really well today. Yeah, man, it was terrible. It was like the worst black licorice ever. So, okay, so going back to that though, right? I've worked with a ton of teams, right? A ton of small organizations to where inherently there's less trust for the salespeople, right? Oh yeah, the developers are great. You know, these other people are great, but the salespeople, I got to keep a close eye on them. So we're going to make sure that they're getting, I don't really understand why. I think that the only reason why that happens is because they're only measuring the lag they're not measuring any of the leading indicators at all. And so they're just looking at what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Well, the other You're side saying of- that's the office staff? Well, I'm saying that, that that's what the owner is typically saying, oh, okay. right? So yeah. they're just looking at... So the guy's sitting in the office. Exactly right. Well, the, so, <laughs> so the funny thing is, is and, and I say this a lot in, in, uh, in the construction companies that I've worked for, is we're a construction company first. We're not an accounting firm that does construction. We're not a HR company that does construction. We're construction that has an HR company. Mm-hmm. And so if you started a company with one person, let's say in construction, you started with yourself and a weld machine and a truck, and you went out there and you just said, you know what, I'm going to go do this for myself and I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you had to do? Sell. Sell a job. Yeah. yeah. Correct? Yeah. I mean, all, how many companies have to, you, if you don't have sales. Yep. And you had to sell a, then and, you have nothing. And you had to sell a profitable job. And he had to sell a job that you could perform. Yep. You had to do that, right? But the funny thing is, is I think it gets lost as you build a corporation. You get to that thirty, forty well, million dollars. You get the bean counters in there that are That's, saying, "But this is in this." Hey, and this that. we're paying yeah. this guy. Uh, we're paying this guy one hundred and fifty grand. What's he doing for us? Well, he's fronting the entire company. That's when I look back work. and I say, and they're paying you for what? Well, that's exactly right. So that's where... Come on, bitch. Let's that, go Let's go to the mat. <laughs> so that's why I say that, is that we're not an accounting firm that does yeah. construction. Yeah, I like you. So, you well, that. so that's where I, I just go back to, it begins with sales, right? Nobody, you know, everybody in the field would be like, well, you couldn't have, you couldn't have done it without me in the field. True. But you wouldn't have had anything to do if you didn't yeah, exactly. sell it. So here's a little note to everybody out there that's working really hard, selling a lot. When they want your paperwork turned in, okay, they want it, but you don't have to give it to them until you're fucking ready to give it to them. Make them sweat. End of month, make them sweat. Send it the day of. 
Yeah. Boom. Give him a letter of resignation. That's my paperwork. <laughs> no, I, I don't say that. I'm saying, you know, you got to yeah, accountability and stuff like yeah, that. You're, you're out there grinding the streets and you got some, you know, five phone calls, end of month, end of month, end of month, get your POs, get your POs. I'm like, they're coming at five o'clock on the last day. I don't know what you guys are going to do with them, but I know my date stamp says they got delivered. <laughs> Anyway, notorious anyway. for it. Notorious for it. Do it. Do it. It'll make you a legend. Well, the funny, you know, <laughs> it'll make you a legend for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> but do it. You know, the interesting thing is that you 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 start with the sales person and they sell a bunch of stuff and you start having success and then well, you put those guys on the back burner, right? You forget where that comes from and and okay. now all of a sudden you're looking at the accountant comes to you and says our overhead's getting high oh. and we're paying. We're paying these sales guys, yeah. You know, collectively. Let's, let's limit the commissions. I know so many people that. Yep. And I've and never understood this. It's never made any sense to me. But they say, "Well, once you make a certain amount of money, we're going to decelerate you, yep. or, or yep. we're going to start paying." Are they yep. crazy? I don't get it. I don't uh, understand. But a if, guy like me, if you if you think oh, that fucked. the only way if you think that the only way that salespeople are going to go out and work is if you pay them commission and pay them for the work that they bring in, and then you're going to limit like. Those two things don't make sense in the same world, in my opinion. So I got a I got a funny uh, a little story about that. A, a coworker of mine a couple of years ago had the best story in the in this little realm. Uh, he, they were talking about what happened was, was one of the C level guys said those guys those sales guys will never make more than I'll make, and we heard about it. We heard him say that. It was just like, you know, just demotivated. Like, screw that guy. Screw this whole company. I'm not working for these guys. I'm definitely not going to sell good ones. Yeah. So that's my reaction. The other guy's a super eye. So he likes to go have fun with this. You know, he goes in there and he says, hey, uh, I, I got a scenario. I want you to hear me out. I have a, a friend of mine. He's got a huge job. We're going to sell this thing at like 30%. It's a $10 million job. Um, all he's asking for is like 20 grand. Would you just write him a check for twenty grand? And he'll hand this whole job off to us. And the C C level guy's like, "Hell yeah, that's a no brainer." He said, "So why would you only pay me eight on that?" <laughs> and it was just like, good. "But but right, you're willing to cut his check to a perfect stranger that you don't even know because you're hungry, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't give it to your own sales guy because you forgot where you came from." So there's a guy that we all know, and uh, he is working in a packaging and distributing right to, to kind of keep things leonidas sure exactly and uh i'm lost it's what he looks it. it's what he looks like <laughs> there was a uh there was a there's multiple owners and one of the owners who doesn't have anything to do with the salespeople or anything else just back office he manages kind of the, the warehouse uh he's like you know what we don't even need these salespeople. let's just get rid of all of them i'll handle all these bids i'll just tell them how much it costs this money will come in now mm. Our friend has got a $4 million book of business, right? He's, he's doing $4 million of business through this company. And this one guy who has just, he's just so out of touch with what the salespeople are doing. He just thinks, you know what? We can just fire all these guys and this is going to be totally fine. Yeah. How do you get anywhere close to that level of, I guess, success maybe? Is that the right word? Well, you forgot what the process is, right? That those salespeople are out there creating relationships and getting people to ask you to bid those jobs, yeah. right? So then you get busy bidding. It's like, these are coming in every day. What do I need to pay those guys for? But you cut those people off your staff, and in three or four months or three weeks, 
You're not getting those bids anymore. I mean, it's daily, exactly. weekly so relationships. You, you don't know, I mean, literally over the, I don't know, 15 years, 12, 15 years, and even before that in healthcare with some of the other vendors because I was on frontline care, I had sales reps call me and say, hey, I think I'm about to be let go. And I'm like, what are you worried about? And they're like, well, you know, I'm like, you own the business. The bitches you work for haven't met one of your clients. <laughs> your client wouldn't, like, answer the phone. I said, you take your shit, put it in a bag, and walk next door. And if you need help, call me because I know a bunch of people who want you. So at the end of the day, it's either your business or it's not because it's not the company's business. Not in my world. So I want to back up a little bit to something that we've been talking about because – you know, you were talking about the fact of, you know, kind of getting a fixed salary and then getting a, a portion of the profit at the end of it, you know, kind yeah. of a profit sharing. Thing. I mean, if you want to incentivize people to do, to get paid on doing more sure. than what they're exactly. already paid to do, that's the way I would like to do it, right? When the company's super profitable and we're making some extra scratch on the mm -hmm. back end, let's divvy that out where it belongs, right? I agree with that. Now, knowing yeah. that. Does everybody get the same cut? No, no, they don't. No, it's about their role and what they do. There's a scale. There's okay. there's levels, right? Interesting. Level one through four. Funny how when you become a VP, oh, this, come on. this kind of shit starts coming out of your mouth. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Just, just had to just throw that. Look, and he's wiping his face. Yeah. Right? Back on his heels. Individual Ooh, producer nice. to manager. Jesus. <laughs> but, okay. Square that for me, G. Well, I will tell you that I had the same thought six months ago. Just really? nobody listened to me. About how these yeah. things should happen. I've always, you know, when I first started with the the previous company, I walked in and I said, "I want 120 grand a year. I don't want to. I don't want your stupid bonus structure. I don't want your commissions. I want 120 grand a year because that's what my family needs to live. That's that's my number. I don't care to make any more of that. I'm trying to get three kids through school and plan and project and do all the things that we're talking about that you do for the forecast. I'm trying to do that in my own checking account, right? Right. And I need that number to do and live comfortably, sure. right? So that's that's what I needed, and I just asked for that, and I heard the the dying words of, "I would never pay a sales guy that." Okay, well you need to check out you need to check out our bonus structure because our commissions will get you to three, four, five hundred grand a year. That sounds like multi level marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. MLL, said, my I God, said, okay. we're all like flying jets. So you know, nothing right, against that. Right then and there, you know, I just ran some scenarios with the scale, and I said, okay, so. You know, we're a, about a $100 million company. I can, you know, literally in my group, I can only sell about 20 because that's what my group's going to do next year. About $100 million? So you're yeah. a quarter, you're you're a fifth well, of this, the sales. Yeah, old, old company. Yeah, I was. So and They only want to give you 120 No, yeah, but Respect. hear me out. So it was like I could only sell enough for my group anyway. I couldn't sell for the other group. And mm -hmm. so $25 million at the highest scale only gets me like sixty grand a year on the commission side. So your little, you could make whatever you want. You can make five, 600,000. Okay. Yeah, the company's going to, the company's going to have to be a $700 million company for me to do uh, that. Yeah. agree. And I'm not Thank saying I'm not here. The math. I'm not saying I'm not here to help you do that. Cause that's exactly why I'm here yeah. to get you to the 700 million, but we're not there today. We can reevaluate this every year if you want, but this year, this is what I need. And this doesn't make me hungry. This makes me motivated to come to work and kill it for you. Mm -hmm. That's me as a high D. That's what I need. Right, yeah. everything's back home is taken care of. Yeah, that shit's locked Agreed. down tight. My family's taken care of. Now I come to work and I'll kill it for you. Yeah. I don't care what the hours are. I don't care what I'm doing. 
that's me personally, right? And when that first first month, right, I got zero sales, I got zero customers, and I'm making a shit salary. Now I'm now I'm angry, pissed. My whole family is starving. I mean, that's not a situation I ever want to be in again. Right? No, for sure. And we, but the thing is, is industry standard for salespeople is to put them all in that right off the bat. Yeah, I know. And it kills me. Well, okay, that's, so, that's what I'm talking. So about, that brings up an important, you know topic here is look at your contracts guys and do the math like Clint like Clint said to to see whether this is you know you know smoke and mirrors on on the on on the bonus or the commission side and and evaluate the size of your company because it makes a big deal particularly given the fact that if you're very you know you're 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 good at what you do, highly motivated, but you go to a small company that can't support your superstardom, right? So it's a, it's a trade-off there. I mean, you go into certain companies that, you know, have a ton of potential, a ton of growth. They line it out for you. They need to live up to their side of the agreement too, particularly if you're a superstar. Now, if you're finding every reason to dislike anything we say, we're not talking to you. So yeah. cut us off. <laughs> that's, that's true. We're, that's we're, true. We're, we're talking to people that are like us that want the most for what we do and want to be fair about that. And it is a negotiation. If you are a superstar, you can write your own ticket. So write it. I mean, it's, it's yeah, that's per- perfectly said in my book. And, and as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, you, you get big enough where you have to hire an in-house accountant. That guy doesn't come cheap. You know why? Because he manages finances. He manages your book of yeah. money, right? When you need a check written, he's going to tell you either have it or you don't, and here it is. The funny thing is, is where does the money come from? And it comes from the front-end sales guy. Mm-hmm. How low you may think of that guy on the totem pole, yeah. that guy. The necessary evil. He is, and yeah, very. So it's funny to me. That, love being the necessary oh, evil. Oh, me too. <laughs> I mean, I live in that realm every day. I love that side of it side of it but i still say everyone's in sales it's just you know that's true you just don't know it yeah Yeah, well so uh i was working with the team the other day and uh this guy has four people on a sales team one guy kills it he he outsells everyone else combined and so we're talking and uh he's got them very locked down he's got he's very old school traditional you know um and i said okay you know what are you trying to do and uh, he's like, well, I, I really am a little bit nervous that I'm going to lose this top performer. I said, okay, you, you should be, right? Because if you're good in sales, that gets around, right? I mean, you can lie on a resume and you can you can tell whatever stories you want in the interview room. But, you know, success kind of proliferates itself, right? You know, it, it speaks for itself. So this guy was like, well, and I said, you know, have you thought about giving him more leash? Have you thought about doing these things to kind of, you know, change the culture a little bit because that's kind of what I'm there to do. And he was like, Oh, I don't want to do any of that. I was like, Hey, this guy is going to leave eventually. Right. If you keep them locked down, if you're not trusting them, if you're not, you know, doing things the right way. And it's always like, what have you done for me lately? That guy's going to leave. And then all the other guys are going to leave. Right. Because your best salesperson is someone else's best potential hire. Right. Especially in the sales role, because most people are going to go, you know, if you're killing it, they're going to give you a longer leash. You don't have to come in. Oh yeah. You, you just keep killing it. Don't worry about it. You know? And, and that's on the traditional side. Yeah. So then what happens is you got the people that are doing well and they get all this leash and then the people that are new or struggling or something and they're, they're on a much tighter leash and that, you know, presents its own set, own set of right, problems. Clint was talking about. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what happens when the guy, when your lead sales guy, is, let's just say, in his in his sixties, right? He's on his last five years. Yeah. Right. How do you how do you forecast that? What happens if he retires earlier? He decides, you know what? I'm done with this. I've made enough scratch over the years because I've been killing it. Mm-hmm. I'm out. And now you're left with, let's say, three or four on your sales team that are super weak compared to that guy killing it all the time for you. For so for what I'm talking about, that incentivize at the end that higher salary. In my book, that's a perfect guy to do that for, right? Hey, look, you're at the end of your career. I don't want to see you go anywhere, but I need you to spend the next five years getting that portfolio of my young guys built up so that in 2020, let's say, if you decide to leave, they make up your book of business the way that we know works. You're the successful model. We need to train that. And you're going to kill it. You've been in this business for 20, 30 years out there killing it every year. Your years are going to repeat itself, right? Mm -hmm. You're not having those struggling years anymore because you have a client base. Those people are going to call you to get this job done. They trust you. Those are going to come in. You're not working as hard as you were as as those young guys are, right? Yeah. So, But they need that knowledge. And if you leave me, I'm stuck with this. And they have no knowledge. So... I just look at it from a business owner's perspective. Why would you not cultivate that guy into the best exit strategy he's ever seen? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's I was exactly just, what I'm saying. And, and, and so, but I know that, you know, those guys are usually sometimes easy pickings, particularly in, in yeah. our business, because they don't get any extra love, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. they're like, I'm about to close out. And they can take that whole book of business. That's yeah. why I say, guys, own yeah. your book of business and then you write your own ticket. Yeah. And and somebody really else do. courts them, sits them on the sideline for a year against their non-compete yep. just to take that business. Puts a big fatty in their pocket. They they work their relationships over to it. Why not just keep that in-house with a young stud who, you know, or studette, you know, that's ready to assume the throne that he's leaving you as a legacy. And then, damn it, every year, invite him to the Christmas party. Literally had a guy, uh, this is probably six or seven months ago, and he had kind of a long timer, you know, on the team. And I said, hey, you know, have you thought about what happens whenever this person leaves? You know, because they were mid-50s. And I said, uh, you know, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, I'm not worried about it. I said, how are you not worried about it? Genuinely curious. And he's like, he's making too much money. He's never going to leave. He's going to die, though. Exactly. (laughs) There's a finality here. That goes back to the point that I was talking about a moment ago, that if you think that everyone is motivated the same way you are, right, Uh, because you're you're motivated by money. Exactly, right? So this guy was literally telling me that his top performer was never going to leave because the money was too good. Whereas the top performer, whenever I'm talking with him, trying to figure out, like, hey, what are you doing that's, like, so good so that way we can – you know, kind of spread that love amongst everybody else. He's like, man, two more years and I'm done. <laughs> you <Yeah. know>? exactly. <laughs> so how did you go back to the owner and sort of convey that message without you know, it, blowing the other well, guy? Yeah, up? exactly. Right. Cause I, I know I you're an honest guy. Yeah. You don't want to like screw one guy over. Yeah. I'm not here to betray anybody's confidences. Right. And normally when I'm working with a team, I try to sit with the person who is killing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Who do you, who on your team is doing the best job? Because I want to go sit with them, figure out what they're doing that maybe the other people aren't. And then try to figure out those, those nuggets. And so because of that, I got to kind of play both sides because I can't front the other guy out of like, hey, this dude's leaving in two years. You know, like, (laughs) hey, yeah, you need to get your shit straight because this guy's out the door. And so I was just really like, hey, are you sure? You know, how much is it? How much is he making? You know, and he tells me the number and I said, okay. 
you don't, how long has he been making that, that kind of money? And he was like, oh man, probably good 10, 10 or 15 years. And he's like, <laughs> that dude can retire whenever he wants, yeah. as long as his spending is in, is, yeah. you know, someone in check. And the guy, he's guy got didn't a get Coke it. habit. He'll be here forever. Guy, <laughs> guy didn't get it. And, the, and, and this is close to a year ago. So, uh, this guy's probably in his home stretch, assuming that he hasn't Ouch. changed his mind. That's going to like, somebody's going to shit the bed and it won't be the sales guy. Note to everybody out there, not the sales guy. <laughs> it's the owner bit. You know, that that's a that's a pretty big thing, right? But part of that comes down to planning and just being aware and being thoughtful that, you know, I mean, and we all do that, right? I'm not motivated the same way that Clint is. And I, I'm definitely not motivated as evidenced by this conversation the same way that Al is, yeah. right? I'm way more motivated by loss than I am by by gain. Well, let's let's put it this way, right? You take a uh, let's take one of your office staff that's not in sales. Like for me, let's take a a project manager, mm-hmm. and you say, okay, here's a twelve month million dollar job. I need you to go run. This is all you do for the next twelve months is run this. But I'm not going to pay you until you close that job out and see how well you did. Why you don't think about it like that? With him, okay. it's the only you, realm. It's you the need only a, realm that gets through because you stuff. needed you need him to perform for the twelve months, right? Okay, maybe I I misspoke. In healthcare, a lot of times in healthcare sales or you know device whatever it may be, you get a base until you leave that base to jump to commission, right? So you get your starter starter kit, mm-hmm. but eventually it becomes how much influence, how much can you gather. And it does belong to you yeah. at that point. I mean, most companies incentivize with a draw. Yeah. I hate that right. word so Well, much. I hate draw, too. You know, get this salary. I'm not pulling it back. Yeah. It doesn't come yeah. out of your future commission. I mean, I, I agree it's just, with... It takes you a while to learn the position I, and be able to sell. I mean, let's be frank here. I, I think that it takes a 12-month cycle to really get your feet oh, rocking and rolling. I completely and any, agree. Months? Yeah. Yes. Oh, for sure. Oh. It to, takes to at come least in six. With, to come in with no customers. Feet. No. No. Killers will go out there and they'll kill it for you because they're natural killers, right? But somebody that's got to work a process, never been in sales before. And some of those guys do really well and they're good assets because they're not jumping job to job, right? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. yeah. They're they're happy with their home. So, you you know, superstars, they're, you know, there's some, you. Okay. There's some one-offs that I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the, I think the, the 51, 2% of people that jump into I think sales. higher than that. It probably is, yeah. Uh, I'm... Yeah, I was being pretty reserved on that, but you know, jumping right into sales, you're let's just say you're 23, you have no life experience, job experience, you got nothing, and but now you're a salesperson because we see it out there oh, every yeah. day, right? Mm-hmm. Banking industry, right? Oh, we see it. Oh, it's like here, throw these young cats tell, out there. Right? I, I can tell you my story about yeah. banking if you want to hear it. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. so the thing is, it's like uh, you know, you put them on this draw and you put them on these, you know, incentivized plans. You know, Doc, I don't, I don't mind what you're doing because you're taking care of your people until they can take care of themselves. I get that. That's that's taking care of your people, and that's what I. In all reality, what I'm what I'm saying is you you need to take care of the people that take care of you, right? And however that works for them and motivates them. And look, you might have two people that do the same thing and make the same money for you that are incentivized completely different, and they're motivated yeah. completely different. And you might have two pay structures for them. That's your agreement with them, right? But I think to throw out a blanket. Uh, I'm going to give you 40 grand a year so, and then you got to kill it. But That's crazy. Uh, okay, I'll flip this thing. I can tell you about a multinational, multi billion dollar company that didn't want to lose me at one time and was willing to let me write my own ticket 
but it didn't make any sense. And so I said, no. So, guys, I'm out there to tell you they will bend the fucking rules to keep you on board if you are a superstar. If you're not, don't ask because they won't give. But if you are, it's okay to go ahead and check some balances and standards and rules in my world. I think, I mean, in my own head world Mm -hmm. as a high D is they're uh, they're just guidelines. Agreed. They're set in place for people to follow until you have to deviate. Until you have to deviate. So. You're in a VP role now, right? You've got some salespeople on your team. Let's say that there's some turnover and yep. you decide to bring on a new salesperson. Yep. Are you okay with the idea of like, hey, you're not going to make any money or you're not going to bring in any business, any revenue for the business for 12 months? Is that is that how you plan for that? I mean, that's how I would plan for it. Really? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because first of all, I'm not going to go hire a brand new sales guy. Ever? Ever. The, well, I got to have a killer in the industry so I'm probably going to go shop out some people and find that killer in the industry, so and then, I'm going to pay him high to get him okay, over there. Okay, and I'm going to get my book of business built, right? Because I was going to say, if you're going to try to poach a top performer from someone else, that's what I'm going to do. You got to pay the premium. That's what I'm saying, right? You you don't yep. get good. No, I'm, yeah. I'm good. You with don't that. get good talent for cheap. I'm good with that because so. I'm filling a hole. Right? Guys, you hear that? He's got some budget. Just figure <laughs> out where he's the VP and send your resume <laughs> to salesthrowdown.com. It'd almost be on his shirt. It'd, it'd be a, it'd be a damn good better okay. be a damn good resume. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but I don't need you know I don't I mean I have somebody's out there though guys don't give up yeah get Clint up <laughs> he's hiring. So okay. So Al, you were you were shape nodding your head as well, and we worked together. And I think I worked for, for you for eighteen months, something like that. So, yeah. Something like that. So yeah. now, if you're if you're going to hire someone tomorrow, would you still just kind of assume that they're? It's six months, bare okay. minimum. I mean, probably a year, and then we start. You know, I have my checks and balances. You yeah. know, if if I'm not getting phone calls, I know things have gone silent. It's kind of tough on you, but I, you know. It, it, it I, you know, I have my old saying, you know, I don't fire people. People fire themselves, right? They yeah. just decide this isn't for them. I agree with that. Nanette, do you, do you concur with Al about that it's six months minimum if you're new? If you're new, absolutely. Okay. Interesting. Well, if you don't have any experience, you don't know where to go, what and to no, do. I said that. We, that. We're going to show you everything. Everything's yeah. out there for your, you to take. It's just... I mean, guys, sales is not easy. You know? I mean, there's a rhythm to, to to your process and the company's process, and those all have to match up. I mean, you, you do have to find a fit. So how much do you think of sales in your world? Okay, how much of that do you think is art versus... Talking to me. How, yeah, sorry, Al. Uh, how much of that do you think is art versus how much of that is science? Like, like what do you think that... Is it 60-40? Oh, I think 30? sales is all art. There's very little science to it. Really? Because you're playing on... People's wants need. Do you, I think I can flip that completely. I agree with Clint. Uh, um, you think it's all science? Well, I, I think I, it's ninety just, ten. So it's all facts. Yeah, I think oh, it's. I don't think no, people hold on, digest hold on, hold on. facts. Well, no, no, no. It's the art of like no, hold on. building. But the science is building good rapport with good people. That's part of the science, right? Oh, you're talking yeah. about the social science. Mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about just the math and the equation no, no, no. and the vomit well, you're I think we all would have a little bit different opinion of what science is, but my science is <laughs> the, the process, right? The earth is flat, and then if you go too far, you fall off the edge. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Oh. Yeah, okay. Okay, so word it differently then. It's not science. Are, is it relationships or is it 
facts about your product. No, let's don't word it. You said <laughs> art or science. Yeah, art or science. I'd say it's art. Art is art is completely open to interpretation, right? Which which I think art, art sounds like traditional sales to me. Science sounds like process sale, which is what I'm obviously a huge proponent of database selling. Agreed. Right. Or so da- I'll tell you. I think we all are. So in my in my industry, I, I'll tell you how I flipped my my own self out of being at a really low hit ratio, starving, couldn't, couldn't get work to save my life, to working half as much, maybe even 70% less mm-hmm. every day, knowing that I'm just every month just hitting these crazy goals and then upping the goals and hitting those. And that was all science-based selling, in my opinion. I mean, it was finding good people. It, it was the science of finding the good people. So it's the process. And I think that's something we really should focus on maybe our next – podcast i think process is really important hold on these guys are having a moment over here just like no no, go ahead i want to fit i want you to finish your statement i don't even too late now Um, (laughs) did i interrupt him cut him off just like what were you gonna fucking like roadblock what were you gonna say to it did you have something no i wanted to hear it oh oh sorry okay well uh it's time for the throwdown So we started out with a topic of planning, and then we kind of got kind of off topic around that. So in a good way, it was a good topic. Uh, let's talk about either planning or yeah. or I, I, can, I think I can tie it. All right, go, go ahead. Because <laughs> it, you know, so what we were talking about the last you know thirty minutes was was all a part of planning, right? Mm-hmm. How do you plan for you know one if you got that sales guy that's out there killing it, and he's on his last few years. How do you plan for that, right? And we talked a lot about that. Uh, how do you plan to get your sales team motivated? And put them out front and really take care of those people so that they're bringing in good quality stuff so that your revenue shoots through the roof, your income side, yeah. right? The actual income dollars. And look, that's one way. Of, that's that's part of planning. Um, but the big scale of planning, going back to our original topic of forecasting sales, to me, there's no better way. Because you can put any plan on paper. I, I kind of put it to like writing a business plan, right? You got to put a business plan to go get a loan to start a business, right? And that plan has to be locked down and you have to have facts and uh, market study and you have to have all those things. So the bank's going to say, okay, it's a proven, it's a proven concept based on past data. Here's the money, right? When you're going into the next year and you're providing all those same things, right? You're all right. We want to do 30 million instead of 20 million, or we want to do a hundred million instead of 90 million. Well, you got to have something to prove the, you know, to proof in the pudding, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, that's backtracking data. That's going back and saying, okay, this is the market that we've been successful. This is how, if we could do one more job, we did nine last year in this market. If we could do 10, that would put us there because past 10 years of financial data tells us I can do that. Mm -hmm. And I also have the capacity to do it because I know what that looks like from my past data. I mean, it all goes back, right? And I think that the, this is the time when you're forecasting the new year that this is the one time, if you never do it any other time throughout the year, if you don't go look at past data, this is the time you have to do it. Awesome. Al, what do you got? Art versus science. <laughs> with, without, the, without the art, there is no science because without sales, you don't have any of the data that Clint just spoke of. That's true. There's no revenue to speak of. Somebody had an art form that they went out there and they sold something to begin the process. Now there might've been some, some revenue put into 
the foundation for that process. But I, I you know, and I want to come back to this topic at another episode, yeah, no, art versus awesome. science. Yeah. And anyway, yeah, um, I think you front with the art and then you, like I said, you project with the science. Lynette, I have nothing to say. I, I, I need to give more time to Clint. <laughs> <laughs> So Sorry, nothing about planning or forecasting or <laughs> motivations. I mean, we covered a lot today. I know. I was like, which topic do you want? Are we going to talk yeah, about? Yeah, right whatever thing? you want. So um, it's kind of like for me, planning is huge. I need to know exactly where I'm going, weekly, daily. You know, Al will call me. What are you doing today? And I and I totally know. I think it's you have to know what you're doing. You can't just haphazardly wake up and go. Well, let's see. What am I going to do? Today? I mean. You're not going to be successful if you don't have a plan. You have to have a plan. I always, <laughs> I went fly fishing. I always say, I think I've maybe said this before, but if you're fly fishing, you're not looking at your pole. You're not looking at the, you're looking at the fly on the end of your rod where you're going to throw that, you know, and where it's going to land. Yeah. Okay. Got to know where you're going. Wow. All right. So for me, um, I think that uh, Nets Point brings a lot of uh, feel goods to my belly, right? Planning is super important, right? If you're not planning for what's going to be happening next year and kind of planning accordingly, you don't know where you are. And it's super easy as a salesperson to say, well, I close everything. Every person I sit down next to, I close. And that's just not true. Fire. Right? Exactly. So, you know, manage that, right? Use the data as Clint talks about, right? Plan, you know, plan your days. And <clears throat> one of the things that I'm going to talk, that I will say is, you know, figure out the lead, not, not just the lag, you know, lag revenue and closed deals are a lagging indicator, but you can't control how much you can't make someone say yes, no matter who you think you are, or how great you are. We're never as influential as we think we are. So look at that past data, because if it takes me 20 deals or 20 conversations to go close two deals, if I want to close two more deals, I need to go have 20 more conversations, right? The rule of large numbers makes sense. So Plan and document, use a CRM, use some technology, and uh, plan accordingly and go get after it. Cool. Um, I like it. Yeah. Good show. This is kind of yeah. kind of all over the place, but this is how our <laughs> how our normal conversations are. Yeah. So this is good. Um, if you're listening and you know anyone else in sales who might be struggling with planning or, you know, how to get to where they want to be, please share this with them. Um, we talk about a lot of stuff on here, and we hope you can learn from our experiences. Follow us on YouTube. Um and if you want to take the assessment because you're not sure where you are, send us an email, assessments at salesthrowdown.com, and we'll get you taken care of. Thanks a lot.